Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, we'll be looking at two verses this morning. Chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Paul's words to the Colossian church under the heading of Excelling in Thankfulness. Excelling in Thankfulness from Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Colossae, chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Here ends the reading of God's Word this morning. May we receive it with a believing heart. Blessed congregation, if you were to make a list of all of the most important Christian virtues Where would gratitude rank on that list? See, it's common for Christians to say of other saints, wow, what a prayer warrior she is. Or we might say, that person is full of faith. But I have never heard someone say, wow, he or she is just so thankful. See, there's no awards for being the most, the best thanker. No such thing as the most valuable thanker. See, thankfulness doesn't generate the same excitement as other spiritual disciplines. And so it was with the Colossian church. This was a church that wanted to be spiritually enlightened. They desired to have, we read in the book of Colossians, spirit-led visions. They wanted mountaintop faith. They wanted spine-tingling worship. But Paul correctly diagnoses them in verse 6, recognizing that thankfulness was not as high on the list of priorities as it should be. See, in our short scripture meditation this morning, Paul says the right way of spiritual progress, what the Colossians needed to grow up in, wasn't mountaintop spiritual worship. What they needed to grow up in wasn't spine-tingling visions. What Paul says they needed to grow up in was thanksgiving. Look at verse 7. He says, abound in thanksgiving. That word abound in the Greek can literally be translated as excel. Wes Bradenhoff uh, wrote, he says this, it's like the Holy Spirit was saying, if you're going to be good at anything, be good at this. If you want to do, if you want to shine in something, Shine in gratitude. If you want to stand out in something in the faith, stand out in thanksgiving. It is a call to excel in thanksgiving. So that Alexander McLaren wrote that the life influenced by thanksgiving is pure and strong and happy in the thought of of He who is the giver. 
How do we become people of thanksgiving? How do we excel in thanksgiving? I think McLaren is right. We need to be a people who are pleased, who are happy, who are strong. Not because of ourselves, but because of He who is the giver. And so the Apostle Paul encourages us to excel in thanksgiving, and he uses three metaphors of how we can excel. Notice with me in verse 7, he uses the metaphor of being rooted. He uses the metaphor of being built up. And yes, that's one word. And then third, established. The main verb here is that abounding, excelling. And so it is our theme, our response to the other three. That for those who are rooted, for those who are being built up and are established, their response is must be thanksgiving. And so that is our theme today, simply this, in light of the giver, may we excel in thankfulness. The first point I want to bring to your attention is, thank God I am firmly rooted. The first metaphor Paul uses is that of a root system of a tree. Now, you don't need to be an arborist to understand that a tree's growth depends on a strong root system. Say you have a beautiful tree in your front yard, but an animal gets into the roots, begins to chew them down. Or maybe the city or a new development comes in and they cut through those roots, putting in a sidewalk, and then you know what's going to happen. Without those roots, the tree will shrivel up and die. And so the Bible uses the analogy of a root often to refer to a plant's life source. It refers to its strength, its nourishment. And so in Colossians 2, Paul says, is describing here the source. He's describing the nourishing root of the Christian life. But before we get there, the first order of business is verse 6. Notice how Paul begins the word, therefore. The context is important here. Paul connects his teaching in verses 6 and 7 to his prior teaching in verses 1 through 5. Just a quick survey of verses 1 through 5. Paul was teaching the Colossian church that in Christ there is encouragement. In Christ there is love. In Christ there are riches of assurance. There are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul says everything those Colossians desired That spine-tingling worship, that solid faith, the deep truth, the beauty, the glory, Paul says they're in Him. They're in Christ. He is the all-sufficient One. And so, if you look then at verse 6, Paul says, therefore, who did they receive? He says, you received Christ. And what Paul is doing here is he's reminding them of their profession of faith. That to continue the analogy, that when they professed faith, it was like their roots were stretching out. They were seeking nourishment. Their roots, as a tree, were longing to tap into the source of life. And Paul says in verse 6, you found it. Just like, remember in Psalm 1, the righteous person who delights in the Word of God, the psalmist says in verse 4, is like a tree 
planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and out of season. The roots of a tree that stretch out into the waters of the river of life. That's as if they've tapped into life. They have a constant flow of nourishment. And that even if a drought comes or the heat is too much and the dry years come to this tree, because it's tapped into the nourishment of the river of life, it still bears fruit. The psalmist says it never withers. It's always green. So have the Colossians been rooted in Christ. They have tapped into an infinite and all-sufficient source. They have tapped into something that is so nourishing, it is so full, and it is so free. And Paul says it is the same with us. When we receive Christ, it's not just that we receive the church and that we receive the doctrines, but it's as if we've received Him. Look very closely at the words in verse 6. Paul says, therefore, you received Christ. You have tapped into Him. In the dry and parched world, you have found that which is nourishing, that which is life. And if you have Him, the Bible tells us, you have everything that He has. There is nothing that Christ has that God withholds from you. Christ has access to the Father, so you have access to the Father. Christ is given a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, so you are given a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Christ was given forgiveness for the sins that were laid upon His shoulders. He has mercy. He has grace. He has love. Paul says when you're tapped into Him, you have all of those things. Is this not the basis of Christian thankfulness? When we look at our spiritual life, Is there anything we need that Christ hasn't provided? Everything has been given to us in fullness and in abundance. Look at the sufficiency of the provision. Paul uses three messianic titles. Christ, Jesus, the Lord. Christ, you remember, Lord's Day 12 means anointed to be our prophet, priest, and king. He has shown us the whole revelation of God's truth as our prophet. He has laid down His life and been the perfect sacrifice for us as our priest. He is our King in the sense that He governs and directs our whole life. Everything we've needed, Thy hand has provided. He is our Christ. He is also Jesus. You remember in Matthew 1, verse 21, they said, His name shall be Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. He is our Lord. He is the Sovereign who governs and controls all things. Paul says this is the touchstone, the beginning of thankfulness that everything you need spiritually has been provided in Christ. You know, if you look at the book of Colossians, open to chapter 2 there, the Colossians desired a lot that they thought they couldn't get in Jesus. If you look at verse 
8, Colossians 2, verse 8, we see that they wanted new revelation. See that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, the elemental spirits of this world. They wanted new revelation. You look at chapter 2, verse 18, they wanted new and exciting worship. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up with reason in his sensuous mind. They wanted holistic religion, a religion that embodied them not only spiritually, but also physically. Chapter 2, verse 23, they have the appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity of the body. This is what they wanted. But Paul says you're looking to the wrong thing. It's actually in Christ that everything you need for faith, everything you need for godliness, everything you need for for religion, everything you need for the salvation of your soul, if you have Christ, you have everything. See, the Colossians were tempted by Christ plus angel worship. Christ plus asceticism. Christ plus. Paul says if it's Christ plus, it's nothing. But if you have Christ plus nothing, you have everything. Everything you need for religion comes in Him. One final thing I want to show you about this metaphor of the tree is that just like a tree does not plant itself, so Paul uses in the Greek here what we call the perfect passive, which means that you were passive in being planted. It was not you who chose Christ. It was not you who planted yourself in a nourishing soil. But Christ, like a caring husbandman, chose you planted you, and now supplies for your every need in Christ Jesus the Lord. It's a work of God. So this often goes without saying, but on Thanksgiving Day, let us acknowledge first and foremost that the greatest gift we have been given is He who is above all. The all-sufficient one, Paul says, is totally yours. By faith, He is given to you. This Thanksgiving Day, yes, it is okay to be thankful for your new job. At Canadian Thanksgiving, which was a month ago, I said what I was thankful for was that I was ordained and installed as the pastor of Trinity United Reformed Church. It's okay to be thankful for your new job. It's okay to be thankful for your friends, your family, gifts, and health. But whatever we are thankful for, let it be first and foremost that we acknowledge He who is the greatest gift. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you know, Paul says, he uses another metaphor which I don't want to touch on too much. He says, walk in Him. And what Paul is referring to there is simply this. Your daily conduct. Your daily conduct. And so every day is Thanksgiving Day in Christ. Every day, Paul is saying, may your roots go down deep into Christ. Every day, remember your profession that you received Him. And may your roots stretch farther into His love and drink ever more deeply from He who is the source of life.
by faith. Well, Paul moves on to his second metaphor. Thank God, I am being built up. So we're rooted in him. And Paul shows us that we are also being built up in him. Now, this isn't in your English Bibles, but Paul is showing us something different than what it means to be rooted. I want to take you to Greek class this Thanksgiving Day morning. Rooted is what we call the, is what written in what we call the perfect tense, which means it's a completed past action, something God did. He planted you. But built up is what we call the present tense, which means it's ongoing action. So what do I want to suggest to you is that Paul is saying not just that you have been built up or you will be built up, but because it's ongoing, it should be interpreted as being built up. You can thank God that you're being built up. Now, have you ever been driving on the road and you drive by a construction site? Oh wait, we live in Michigan, so we've all driven by a construction on the highway. And you see a sign and it says, men working. Well, Paul says, there's a sign on you. But it says, God is working. You are in the process of being built up. You may not be what you want to be. You may not be what you will be. But we can thank God to know that the Master Builder is working on us. And one day, we will come to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. See, I doubt many of you around the Thanksgiving table this afternoon will say, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful I'm not a finished product. I don't think many of you will say, I'm thankful that I have a lot of shortcomings. It's not the first thing that comes to our mind. But think about what a comfort this is for those of us in this room who have had hard years. See, just like 2023, every other year, excuse me, just like every other year, 2023 was filled with sin and its effects. Did we not bury many of our beloved friends, parents, this year? There was death this year. There was cancer this year. There was family strife and fighting this year. There were relationships and broken relationships broken and hurt people this year. But Paul says, in Christ, on Thanksgiving Day, we don't have to ignore those things and pretend that everything is perfect. But we can look at our failures in the face with hope that Christ is still working on me. One of Lisa's favorite Bible verses is 1 John chapter 3. I'll invite you to turn with me to 1 John this morning. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, the Apostle John writes, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Because we shall see Him as He is. 1 John 3, verse 2. We are in the process of being built up like Jesus. 
Now, at risk of being overly clear, Paul is not saying this Thanksgiving, thank God for your sins. No, no, no. Paul is not saying that we thank God that we are sinners. But we can be thankful today that even though we are sinners, despite the fact that we are sinners, we have been given grace. And He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus the Lord. See, I don't know about you, but I'm not a finished product. Paul was not a finished product. The Colossians were not a finished product. And in a church that was craving progress, craving difference, craving to try to have this experiential life in Christ, Paul says there is progress. There is movement in the Christian life. You're not called to be stagnant. But the progress of the Christian life is not me outside of Christ. It is Christ in me. Christ working in me. Being built up. Look what Paul says. In Him. And so just like a building rises tier by tier, it is not a building up away from Jesus. It is a building up in Jesus. See, if 2023 has been a hard year for you, the Apostle Paul is calling us to look back on the year. And any good thing that can be identified, maybe there's a sin you're beginning to work through. Maybe you're wrestling even with a subject of theology. Wrestling with a subject of assurance even. Have you done battle with something. Paul says that's Christ in you. That's Him working in your heart. He's building you up. And this Thanksgiving Day, let us see the blessing of the work of Christ. It may not be, as John says, what we will be. But He's working in us. So whether you've had the greatest year of your life or the worst year of your life, Christ Jesus is still working in you and building you up. To paraphrase uh, William Hendrickson, he says, when we give ourselves to the activity of faith, when we give ourselves to the teaching of our pastors, the expression of gratitude, so does Christ build us up tier by tier. He builds us up level by level. So where has the Lord been look, working in your life this year? Is He strengthening your faith? Are you going to church? Are you expressing gratitude? This Thanksgiving Day, let us acknowledge our sins and shortcomings for what they are and thank Him for His grace. The third and final metaphor is simply that of being established. And what Paul is speaking here, speaking to here, is actually simply stability. See, the soil we are planted in the foundation that the building of faith must rest upon is stable. Is stable. I'm no arborist. I don't know much about trees. Nor am I a contractor. But it doesn't take a genius to know that the most important part about a tree is the soil in which it's planted. 
The most important part about the foundation is the, or the house is the foundation upon which it rests. And Paul says we can be thankful that our faith rests upon a sure foundation. That word established in many Bibles is translated as strengthening. The strengthening of your faith. You can imagine the Colossians. The strengthening of my faith. They lean forward in their chairs. They wanted a strong, impressive faith. So what gives us the strong faith? Look what Paul says. Established, strengthened in the faith, just as you were taught. Boys and girls, I'm getting close to 30 years old now. I'm becoming an old man. But I want to tell you, young people, that one of the greatest gifts I have ever received was that I was taught the faith. There were people who loved me enough to preach the Gospel to me. There were people who loved me enough to teach me Sunday school, even though I tipped back in my chair and drove them crazy. There were people who loved me enough to catechize me, to baptize me. And you see, the Colossians were tempted to discard the truth of Jesus as if it's just a good starting point. And then we have to launch off into something that's more impressive and more exciting. It's as if they thought they could outgrow Jesus Christ. Well, that's just for children. It's just stories, people say. Well, Paul says no. The basic Gospel is what will continue to strengthen you. It will continue to establish you even in your later years. See, Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving, let us be reminded that it is a uniquely Christian holiday. And you know, people who love football talk about football. I like doing premarital counseling because they love talking about each other. When they're in love, they want to talk about each other. Paul is reminding us that if God has loved us and we have responded to His Gospel in love, then let us respond with thanksgiving. Let us say our thanksgiving. Let us speak the blessings that He has given us. Let us abound, overflow, let us excel in thanksgiving. That those who are nourished in Christ, those who are growing up in Christ, those who have established in Christ should overflow and spill over with gratitude and praise. You see this all throughout the Bible. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, uh, or excuse me, through Him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips. Let us acknowledge His name. Let gratitude well up. So let us give thanks to God this morning for His blessings. Thank Him for your children. Thank Him for the rain. Thank Him for the harvest. Thank Him for the job. Thank Him even for the trials, Paul says, and how even in, in, in them you can see Christ working in you. And if you are thankful, tell someone. Let it out. That's that final exhortation. Tell, declare His ways. Shout your thanksgiving. 
This is how we excel in thankfulness. So in conclusion, how high is thankfulness on your list of Christian virtues? Thankfulness is a good test of our spiritual state. A thankless life betrays a spirit no longer focusing on the greatness of Christ. No longer tapped into the root. Looking down at the problems rather than how Christ is building us up. And it's a forgetting that He is the soil, the foundation upon which all of our lives rest. This Thanksgiving Day, let us give thanks. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that we are firmly rooted in He who is the nourishing root. Everything the Colossians desired, every satisfaction of faith was found in Jesus. And that even though they had struggled with sins at Colossian church, and Paul in many ways was frustrated with them, he was able to say, you are being built up. He was not discouraged even by the challenges they faced in this life. And we thank You, Lord, that You are that firm and steady anchor. You are our firm foundation. And we give You thanks, Lord, for all of the gifts that You have given us, but especially the person and the work of Jesus Christ this day. May this be the chief and the touchstone of all thankfulness. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.